You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. I want to acknowledge this morning that in St. Louis, there are clergy and lay folk from all over the world arguing, yes, arguing, over who should be deemed worthy of a place at the table in United Methodist churches all across the globe. I want to acknowledge that union is a place where we preach love and justice because many of us ourselves have experienced firsthand the trauma of being pushed away from tables, rejected, thrown out, or even worse, being invited to the table only to be told your voice doesn't matter here. I want to acknowledge that we here are doing a new thing. Even if it feels like an old thing for all of us, we are doing a new thing. Because last night, a young queer girl in Quincy, Massachusetts, sacrificed her place at a historically anti-gay college in order to put on a play about the murder of a young gay man named Matthew Shepard. We are doing a new thing. Because right now, in the news, political pundits are questioning the stories of all victims who have been terrorized by hate crimes. We are doing a new thing, Union. We cannot take our work here lightly. We cannot take it for granted because our typical Sunday, our song typically sung, our holy words of affirmation and truth, these things that we do every single day are the voice of God for a world who seeks God, for a world who hears that God is up to no good, for a world who believes that God is the God of some and not of all. Yes, Union, our work, our song, our worship in this place is a new thing for a world who cries out, where is God? Who is God in a world where people can wound and be so wounded by one another? Who is God if I can't be my full self in the midst of this place? I preach today a sermon not necessarily about hope, because hope is already alive in you, in me, in all of us when we say to one another, I am who I am and there's nothing you can do about it. This morning, I preach a sermon about healing. Healing because even when hope is alive in us, when our song is the voice of God's presence in the world, our very flesh needs to be healed from what the world has done to it. This is the sermon I'll preach this morning, that hope is alive in us, and still God says, I will heal you as you sing. I will bring you into new life as you weep, and I will offer you a way out of your pain as you struggle for justice in this land. This is what we read this morning in the Gospel of Luke. It rings so familiar in our ears. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. 
Now, this is how I used to read this passage, how I used to interpret it. That when we see the poor, we should not see somebody who is cursed, but instead see somebody who is blessed because God is going to see them through because God is a good God who sets things right. Now, this is not untrue. God is not unjust or God does not just ignore the cries of the ones who are marginalized. But I wonder why this passage is so often preached in a way that the poor, the hungry, the ones who mourn are the subjects of pity for the preacher, the subject of help, the vulnerable ones in need of saving instead of the powerful inhabitants of God's holy kingdom for whom Jesus speaks. You see, if I preach you a sermon about how the poor shall be lifted up from a low place to a high place, and how a weeping woman shall have her tears wiped away, and how the hungry will be fed, what happens is that God becomes like a colonizer who sweeps in and gives the ones who don't know any better what they cannot give themselves. God becomes like a puppeteer who takes the afflictions of the oppressed and turns them into a show of glory. God becomes like a God of show instead of a God of wonder. This is why I cannot preach this sermon this morning. This is the sermon that I can preach. That before Christ turned to his disciples and spoke the words, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God, he sat amongst a crowd and he laid his hands on them and he healed them. That before he spoke the words, blessed are those who are hungry now for they will be filled, he stood amidst a crowd, he laid his hands on them and he healed them. That before he said the phrase, blessed are those who weep for they will one day laugh, he took his whole self engaged in a community and said, I will not give you answers, I will heal this. What happens when this story, blessed are those, becomes less a story about hope and more a story about healing? Here is what I know to be true, that we are all in need of healing and we're all in a position to heal the wounds of this world and yet somehow We've convinced ourselves that the sermon preached is meant to be different for us. We want the hype sermon. We want the hope sermon. We want the God is going to swoop in and work everything out sermon. We want the everything is going to be all right sermon, the can't do it myself because that's God's problem sermon, the I am just one person but God is the God of all sermon. And here's the real tea, that Jesus looks at his disciples and preaches a healing sermon and says the poor, the hungry, the grieving, the down and outs, the cast aside, the vulnerable, the marginalized, this is a disease and it's not about their bodies, it's not about their lives, it's about your world, it's about our community, it's about our society, our nation, our world is sick and it's dying and it needs to be healed, it needs healing, it needs to be healed from the inequality that allows for single mothers to work 60 hours a week 
and still not afford childcare, while corporate heads take frequent paid vacations with their families. Blessed are those who make minimum wage for maximum effort, for they will reap time to rest from their labor. It needs to be healed from the racism that allows for generations of folk to struggle within food deserts, while white bodies continue to gentrify neighborhoods by building more whole foods. Blessed are those who keep struggling to put food on the table, for they will be nourished by a feast of bounty. It needs to be healed from the trauma that allows for a church body to hold a general conference where people pray. They pray in order to discern whether or not LGBTQ folks are fully loved and honored by God. Blessed are those for whom love is inherently political, for they will experience the freedom of being who they are. This is not a sermon about hope. This is a sermon about healing because we who have hearts to know, we who have the choice to follow Christ, we who have the option to say, yes, I will be an agent of healing in this sick, sick world are the hope. We are the help. And there is a world out there that needs us. There is a world out there that needs our hope. The prophet Ezekiel says it like this. He looks out at his world and he says it like this, Lord, can these dry bones live? Can the wounds that I see out here, can the death that I see around me, can the hurt, the pain, the racism, the sexism, the homophobia, the transphobia, can the death around me live? God, tell me, can these bones live? And God, he doesn't say yes. He doesn't say, let me fix this. He doesn't say, Ezekiel, let me wave my magic God wand and take it all away. He says to the prophet, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy that they may live. This is our task union that we might prophesy to the bones, that we might speak to what is dying, to what is killing us. Get up. That we might say, get up. Get up from your graves and live again and take on life again. Get up to the hate that cuts into our flesh. Get up and become life that soothes our wounds of mistrust. Get up to the fear that keeps us from hearing one another. Get up and become life that speaks a word of love. Get up to our apathy. Get up to our passivity. Get up to our inactivity. Get up and become the life that breeds resistance and justice and truth. Prophesy. Prophesy to what is killing us and say to these dry bones, you will live. This is what it means to preach a healing sermon in this place that we will not settle for bones to rattle any longer, that our song is a song that sounds like the breath of God sweeping in, and the breath of God is sweeping in. And it sounds like this. Your testimony in this place, your witness to what it means that our worship every single Sunday gets to be what it is. Your testimony that there is a church where bones don't rattle, they dance, they move, they continue to learn what it means to live again. This is our healing story in the world. We here are part of God's story and God speaks a powerful word in this place. So hear it, union, hear it. Now, I'm not a person who likes to sugarcoat things, so don't hear me preaching that healing doesn't have to happen in this place. 
When I say that union has a healing story, what I preach is that the world peers into these stained glass windows and finds what it does not find in other places. You see, what it finds is bodies dancing whereby others' standards and doctrines, they should be hanging their heads in shame. Whether you're a woman, a queer person, someone from another generation, a different class, you name it, this place is a place where bones refuse to rattle. But this place is also one where people are in need of what only those around them can offer. Because when Jesus heals the crowds at the bottom of the mountain, he doesn't turn to his disciples and just continue healing. He looks at them and he passes on a word of wisdom, a word about what it means to bring healing in the world, as if to say, I can't do this without you. We can't do this without one another, and so union. When we think about this place, when we think about our wounds, think about the bottom of the mountain. The scripture says it like this, that Jesus came down with his disciples and stood on a level place before he preaches this healing sermon, which means he couldn't have been raised up high above the disciples when preaching this word to them. He was on their level, almost as if to say, I live in this world too. I'm part of this hurt too. We are no better or worse than one another, even Jesus, even Jesus Christ of Nazareth comes down from his high place to preach this word of healing, to say, we gotta fix this, we gotta heal this, and I can't come at you thinking that you're the only source of pain if I'm the one who also needs to be healed. How many of us need to come down from the mountain? Who among us needs to hear this sermon of healing? God is in the midst of this place. We know it to be true because we keep on coming back. We keep on witnessing to the movement of the spirit in this place. God is speaking and so let God speak through you. There is no way you can mess up God's plan for the world. There is only the option to mess up your life and relationship with God's people. There is only the option to heal what has been broken. So we prophesy. We prophesy to the bones that still rattle. We prophesy, oh God, and say, get up. Because death is not the way of relating to one another here. Get up. Because we are seeking life with one another. Get up because we have work to do, songs to sing, people to save. Get up and live. This is not a sermon about hope. This is a sermon about healing. And we are a church that knows healing. Because if you ask the world out there what kind of church we are, they're going to tell you we're a healing church. I spent Friday evening at Eastern Nazarene College, a Christian college where LGBTQ theater students had to pool their own resources to create a special safe space just to prove to their campus both that they had queer students and that these students were worthy of being acknowledged 
by their Christian college. I listened as these students spoke in ways that told me they have no idea that places and churches like Union even existed. And that to them, God is not who we know God to be. God is still a God who says, I can't love you as you are. God is in the midst of this place. God is speaking in this place and God is healing dry bones. We are hope. Do not take it lightly. We are the voice of God to a world that needs to hear God. Blessed are those who believe God does not love them for who they are, for they will find a place where they are family. This song that we sing so often takes on a new meaning this morning, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We sing the words, watching and waiting, looking above. How about when we sing these words? We think about being at the bottom of the mountain. This is our story. This is our song that Jesus is with us in this place. Even as we're learning to love and be loved, that this is our story, that we be assured, blessed, are the ones who stand at the bottom of the mountain, for they will find healing too. Won't you stand and sing with me? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.